saving the bees, cleaning up the ocean and restoring the natural habitat of some animals. These and more good news today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Valentina and welcome to my life without plastic. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome. Welcome to another episode. So I decided to post this one on a Thursday because I figured out tensions because of the elections are probably going to be pretty high. And you know, um, if you're just trying to lighten up your day or night, I can tell you you're in the right place. You know, I originally was thinking um, today I want to discuss good news from last month because obviously, like I've mentioned previously, every time we begin a new month, I would love to just start on a good note. And I was thinking it would be perfect to kind of go over some amazing environmental initiatives that different presidents have done. But then I thought about it further. (laughs) And um, the more I thought about it, the more I figured out that honestly, I kind of feel burned out from the entire presidential talk. I don't know about you, but I really wanted to just focus on some good news and really keep politics aside. So, you know, maybe another time, (laughs) maybe there'll be another time when we talk about the presidential initiatives. But for now, for this um, episode, I really just wanted to focus on general good news and really uh, take a couple of minutes to an hour away from that presidential tension. And, you know, just a little POV on my end, I really think that while everyone's vote matters, all of our personal actions matter as well. Yes, we do have to keep companies and government officials accountable. But if you're not doing anything on a personal level, then you really need to reconsider your priorities of these actions, right? We tend to have a very top-down mentality and wait for someone to magically fix our problems. The reality is that, you know, big changes take time and big changes also meet very big blockers. (laughs) We don't have the luxury to really wait around until someone fixes our problems. We are the solution. I truly believe that. I believe that, you know, like I always mention in all of my episodes, um, every decision we make has some sort of consequences whether it's a green or, you know, environmental choice or whether it's something completely different that disregards the environment altogether. All our decisions have consequences. And, you know, if we care about plastic pollution, it's really up to us to make that change on a personal level before we start preaching to the rest of the world. You know, um... I've been to a couple of environmental protests and I've seen multiple times people being there just to participate almost as if it's, you know, a trend. Um, And the reality is this is not a trend. It's a very serious issue. And, you know, meanwhile, they're holding plastic cups, bottles, takeout boxes and so on. So, I mean, just make sure that you actually are doing what you're preaching, right? That's that's all I'm saying here, we can't expect 
anyone but ourselves to fix this problem. The change starts with each and every one of us. Again, like I say, it's better to have millions of people doing this entire journey imperfectly than a select few ones who do it perfectly. So yeah, yes, of course, yes to calling out companies, demanding uh, changes. But at the same time, we need to also take some time and reflect on our personal actions too, you know. Okay, those are my two cents on the topic. <laughs> I'm not going to talk any further about that. Um, just wanted to let you know my personal opinion on the subject. Um, but now that I have that out the way, <laughs> let's focus on all the good things that happened in the world in the month of October. And we're going to dive right in with an article that immediately caught my attention and I really, really, really wanted to share this one with you. So this is why it's my number one article for today's episode. <laughs> Bee populations are increasing in many states, with Maine seeing 70% rise in two years. <laughs> wow, here we go. Save the bees, right? <laughs> All right, the article says... It's not often you hear good news about the health and prosperity of bee colonies in the United States, or globally for that matter, but recent data collections released in the United States Department of Agriculture show that some states are experiencing growth in colony numbers of 70% or more. Not only was there a 14% increase in the number of honeybee colonies from the period of January 2019 to January 2020, but the states experiencing the broadest increase in colony growth, Michigan, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Maine, added tens of thousands of colonies. Maine, the number one state for thriving bees, grew colony numbers by 73% since 2018, while Michigan also saw a 50% increase over the same period. Between January and June 2020, Texas saw its bee population grow by 38%. Between 2018 and 2019, it added almost 100,000 colonies, roughly totaling another 33% overall increase. Indeed, in the first half of 2020, the United States as a whole added roughly 420,000 more colonies to its bee populations than were ever lost. So um, what this article basically says is that this year we've actually been able to add more colonies of bee populations than what we've lost, right? And I was so extremely excited to read this article because obviously we've been talking about saving the bees for, you know, quite some time now. And I was just very happy to see some progress. You know, I feel like very often we just tend to complain and complain and complain and talk about the problem and problem and problem, but you know, we also have to dedicate time to see the solution and see the progress that's happening along the way. Not everything is negative. And I think this is a perfect example of our efforts actually paying off. But, you know, 
why are bees so important? Let's dive a little bit deeper into this article. And please remember, bees and wasps are different. (laughs) I feel like they often get confused just because uh, both are making buzzing sounds. (laughs) And while I personally don't find it pleasant to have a bee flying around me, I definitely do understand its importance in our ecosystem and I truly appreciate um, you know, everyone's efforts when I see people around me, family, friends and so on, making effort to actually preserve those bee colonies and sometimes just the smallest things that we change in our lifestyle can, can help with that movement as well. So first, let's see, why are bees so important? Well, for one, um, we're talking about food security. In order to be able to feed the world's growing population, we need ever more food, which must be diverse, balanced, and of good quality to ensure the progress and well-being of humankind. Bees are renowned to, um, you know, for their role in providing high-quality food such as honey, royal jelly, and pollen. And other products used in healthcare and other sectors, such as beeswax, propolis, um, honeybee venom even, is also used um, in some healthcare and medicines. But the work of bees entails so much more. The greatest contribution of bees and other uh, pollinators is the pollination of nearly three quarters of the plants that produce 90% of the world's food. I'm going to repeat this again, because if you're like me, you get very confused with numbers easily. So three quarters of the, uh, of the plants that produce 90% of the world's food. In this case, we're talking about basically a third of the world's food production that depends on bees. Every third spoonful of food depends on pollination. So you can quickly realize how important bees can get um, for things that we don't really consider them important for, right? Like We usually just consider them to be some sort of an insect that's annoying, but in fact they are very important in our food production. Another thing that they're also important in is sustainable farming and also the income of farmers. Over the past 50 years, the amount of crops that depend on pollinators, such as fruit, vegetables, seeds, nuts, oil seeds, has tripled. And um, of course, with more and more people trying to eat healthier and, and you know choosing vegetarian or vegan lifestyles also, that has all contributed to, and of course, also just the general growth of human population. Um, all of those have contributed to tripling the numbers of crops needed. And bees play an important role in relation to the scope of agricultural production. Effective pollination increases the amount of agricultural produce, improves their quality, and enhances plants' resistance to pests. It's basically a natural chemical-free way to get rid of pests, right? Um, Cultivated plants that depend on pollination are an important source of income for farmers, especially smaller farmers and family-owned farms, 
in developing countries. They provide jobs and income to millions of people. According to the estimate of an international study conducted in 2016 by the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, that's quite the name, (laughs) well, according to that study, the annual global production of food that depends directly on pollination uh, was worth between 235 and 577 billion dollars that's just insane um the study by the you know that intergovernmental science policy platform on biodiversity and ecosystem services short ipbes um is actually a document you can find online i'm gonna have a link for it in my blog if you're interested in reading through that study but i think it was very interesting according to the estimates of that study um Again, it was conducted in 2016, so numbers are possibly looking quite different by 2020 and possibly have grown, if anything, in my opinion. But from 2016, um, you know, this specific study, the annual global production of food that depends directly on pollination, and I'm going to repeat the numbers again, that was worth between 235 and 577 billion dollars um you know agricultural plants that require pollination are an important source of jobs income uh for farmers especially small farmers again in developing countries so as you see bees are not only important for food production but they can also have a great impact on the actual lifestyle and income of smaller farms um and you know, besides that, when we when we talk about bees, we also have to recognize that they definitely help with biodiversity and environmental protection. And how so? Well, bees are vital for the preservation of ecological balance and biodiversity in nature. They provide one of the most recognizable ecosystems uh, services. Again, pollination which is what makes food products, uh, food production possible. And by doing so, they protect and maintain ecosystems as well as animal and plant species and contribute to genetic and uh, biotic diversity. When we talk about plants, plants are not only food, you know, they're also home to so many different types of animals. So bees help not only keep this biodiversity up, for food purposes, but also for animal habitat. Um, Also, bees can act as an indicator of the state of the environment. I found that this was very, very interesting. So their presence or also absence or also quantity tells us when something is happening with the environment. So bees can actually be be an indicator if anything good or bad is happening in the environment. I, I, I thought that this was just incredible that we could use them as an indicator, you know. Um, it, they can definitely signal if any appropriate actions are needed. And by observing the development and health of bees, it is possible to ascertain cha- changes in the environment and implement the necessary precautionary measures in time instead of being 
retroactive. We could be proactive about it, right? And last thing about bees, <laughs> a fun fact that I found was that World Bee Day is actually celebrated on May 20th. And um, this is not just another random world whatever day. <laughs> this was actually recognized by the, uh, by the UN following Slovenia fighting for three years at the international level to recognize the importance of bees. Um, I think that this was incredible that a country like Slovenia would actually put so much effort, again, for three years to fight... Um, and and get world bee day recognized just because of how important bees are and um, if you would like to read more on that topic i'm definitely going to have a link in my blog again about that as well so you can check it out and see why exactly slovenia uh, why they would have an interest in world bee day but basically honey in general is a big part um of that country and you're gonna read some really interesting things there if you're interested um definitely check out that page that basically describes why world bee day was so important and how they made it happen i think that that was incredible but yeah guys bees we're finally moving closer and closer to making great progress on saving the bees <laughs> All right, let's move to the next article. So for this next one, I also picked, I think, a pretty interesting topic. So here's the headline. These sunglasses are made from the first ever batch of plastic waste recovered by the Ocean Cleanup Project. It has now been one year since the ocean cleanup made history by cleaning up the first of the plastic from the infamous Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And now its researchers are turning the trash into designer sunglasses. I think by now everyone has heard about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, right? <laughs> if not, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it after uh, we go through this article so definitely give me a minute there let's first take a look at what the article discusses so not only are the stylish um, shades made from plastic collected but the earnings go toward helping support the nonprofit so they can continue cleaning up the ocean the new glasses are the first product to be created from the recovered ocean debris but the Ocean Cleanup website says it will not be the last. Back in October 2019, after years of research, the Ocean Cleanup project, which was launched out of San Francisco, announced that the system 001B vessel had successfully captured and collected plastic from the patch. The self-contained system uses the natural forces of the ocean to passively um, coral plastic in the garbage patch, a process that was first envisioned by Boyan Slat back in October 2012. Wow, it's just incredible to think that um, something like that was already thought about in 2012. 
And of course, I'm just so happy to see that it finally happened. We finally saw results. And now not only have we collected plastic from, from there, but we're starting to repurpose it. I think that it's incredible. After discovering the patch in the 90s, scientists said it would take thousands of years to clean it up. But Slat quickly made a name for himself after he presented a TED talk in which he claimed that if he could get funding for his machinery designs, he could do it in less than 10 years. The young Dutchman dropped out of college so he could bring his plans to life and he not only crowdfunded $2.2 million to start up, he also garnered millions more dollars from interested investors. The new sunglass lenses are polarized with full UV protection, while the frames are made from the recovered ocean pollution. All right, so like when we talk about repurposing the plastic, we're here talking about the actual frame of the glasses. Because the hinges have also been specially designed for easy disassembly, they can very quickly be taken apart for recycling um, should the need ever arise right? So they've also thought ahead not only about producing a product, but also what happens at the end of the life cycle of the product. Do people just throw it out? No, they can totally recycle it. I think that this is a um, very well thought through product. Um, I was really happy to, to see that, you know, so much thought went into it and it's not just another green product that people are trying to sell and make money off but it's actually something that just has so much thought put into it from start to finish right from creating it to the end of it what happens when people need to dispose of it um, I think it's incredible that every step of the way has been thought through together with renowned designers one of the leading companies in the eyewear industry, we work to create sunglasses that you will want to use for the rest of your life or a very long time, <laughs> reads the nonprofit's website. We want it to look and feel of the sunglasses to be um, evocative of the ocean, reminding us where they came from and what they are protecting. Although the shades cost $199 a pop, all of the proceeds generated by the sunglasses go to funding the nonprofit's operations. And for every pair sold, the organization will be able to clean 24 football fields world worth of ocean garbage. And uh, since the glasses went on sale earlier this week, supporters have already funded more than 133000 in 100 football fields of trash. So I think it's incredible to put this into perspective that one single pair of sunglasses is really worth cleaning 24 football fields. Uh, and we're talking about American <laughs> football fields here, not soccer fields. Um, just putting this into perspective shows, first of all, how much pollution there is and second, um, how amazing it is to repurpose all of that plastic pollution into something so nice and innovative. Um, when every pair is claimed from this first batch of sunglasses, we can then clean 500,000 football fields worth of plastic. 
continues the website. That means we can use this trash to clean more trash, going full circle, over and over, until we have achieved our mission of clean oceans. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Doesn't that sound amazing? I mean, I've seen so many products being made from recycled plastic, from furnitures and swimsuits to reusable cups and bottles. But this just holds, I feel like, a completely different value. First of all, sunglasses are such a smart choice in my opinion. I mean, we're talking about the ocean, obviously. When you go to the beach, you wear sunglasses. So this is the perfect reminder that um, we're finally doing something positive for our oceans and our marine life too. Uh, but let me just quickly summarize the problem for you. I feel like I'm not going to dwell too much on it because it's something obvious and something that probably you've heard about tons of times. Um, but I feel like plastic pollution in the ocean as specifically is one of those things that we don't see. So we assume it's not there or that it's not such a big deal. Uh, I've heard from so many people but where's the pollution? I go to the beach and I don't see any trash. Well, the truth is that over 5 trillion, I'm talking about not a billion, I'm talking about 5 trillion pieces of plastic currently litter the ocean. Trash basically accumulates in 5 ocean garbage patches. The largest one being the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which you've probably heard the most about. And this is located between Hawaii and California. And I feel like for a very long time, people were very skeptical of the existence of it and kind of thought it was pretty much fake um, until finally we were able to actually discover it and start thinking about solutions of cleaning it up. Um, so if this trash is left to circulate, the plastic will impact our ecosystem health and economies eventually. Solving it requires a combination of closing the source and cleaning up what has already accumulated in the ocean. So obviously our efforts of reducing plastic pollution helps tremendously because we're putting basically less plastic into our oceans specifically but the second step is also cleaning it up and that's not an easy task um, primarily because it has a lot of roadblocks and challenges um, for one just transportation and like getting there to be able to clean it up is a very very difficult task to achieve and requires a lot of resources so what these guys have put together is really incredible and i really really uh, suggest that you go to their website the ocean cleanup and really read more about their initiative i think it's incredible for them to come up with such an innovative way that um, allows us to clean up this trash basically five times faster than predicted by scientists originally. Um, also, 
again, like on their website, you can find out a lot about the exact technology they use and the exact process. So go ahead and check it out. But you can also check out the actual product um, on their product page and see more uh, what, you know, all of these um, sunglasses are about. So the glasses actually look nice and are very sturdy. Uh, one thing I thought was very cool is that each pair features a unique QR code, allowing you to explore and share, also share with your friends, obviously, the origin story of the plastic used to make your sunglasses. By, by linking them with the QR code, you enable the lost and found feature that lets us connect them to you if someone finds them is what they say on the website so this is actually really incredible that even if you lose them um they could potentially go into the lost and found and they could find you back right i think this is another very innovative way of handling the disposal of glasses so not just having them lay around as trash but they could potentially be brought back to you one day if you lose them and again like the recycling part of it is also incredible so again those sunglasses cost 199 dollars with free ship shipping which is not a little bit of money i have to say that um, but even if you don't want to spend the money i would still suggest signing up for their newsletter because it's amazing just to keep up with such an you know proactive and innovative organization and and just following their efforts and achievements along the way <laughs> all right enough about the ocean <laughs> uh, let's jump to the last article of the day and i feel like by now you know me <laughs> i have to include some you know animals in this episode i can't just um, talk about the environment so this last um, article achieves exactly that <laughs> one way to help endangered chimpanzees uganda is planting three million trees <laughs> over the next years three million local trees from fig to mahogany will be planted in uganda benefiting people the planet and our closest wildlife relatives, chimpanzees. Earlier this year, the, rain, uh, the reforestation nonprofit One Tree Planted, that's the name of the nonprofit, and the Jane Goodall Institute announced they're working together on a wildlife habitat and corridor restoration project in Uganda. As part of the effort, from 2020 to 2023, Millions of native trees will be planted in western Uganda, supporting long-term and large-scale restoration of the Albertine Rift. The Albertine Rift landscape is a diverse, globally recognized ecosystem that is crucial to many species and is a prominent habitat for endangered chimpanzees. It also houses over 50% of birds, 39% of mammals, 19% of amphibians and 14% of reptiles and plants of mainland Africa. So we're talking about a very, very large population of different species of animals. Um, not just from one country, but from mainland Africa. And the aim is restore and manage these vital wildlife communities 
ultimately providing significant ecological, socioeconomic and cultural benefit to the people of the area as well. According to a release, Uganda forests have faced um, multiple of th- multitude of threats, including large and small-scale agriculture, logging and fire. We need to protect the existing forests, Dr. Jane Goodall. We need to try and restore the forest and the land around the forest that has not been degraded for too long, where the seeds and roots in the ground can sprout up and once again reclaim the land that make it an amazing forest ecosystem. That's why over the next few years, a total of 3 million seedlings will be planted with at least 60% estimated survival rate 700 households will be trained and supported to apply sustainable agroforestry practices on their land and each village in the project area will have at least one trained individual on forest monitoring. Both nonprofits recognize that critical um, in achieving lasting conservation outcomes is the need to balance conservation objectives and socioeconomic needs. Accordingly, the project will continue to support over 3,500 households in sustainable uh, livelihoods through smoke-free and more efficient wood-burning stoves, improved agricultural practices, establishing community-managed enterprises, and microcredit programs and sustainable production techniques that increase income while protecting forests. Um, So obviously... This initiative tackles both sides, not just taking care of the environment, but also taking a very good care of the socioeconomic aspect of it. And if you would like to donate to the project, you can just head to their page, One One Tree Planted page. Um, I can have a link for it in my blog as well. Um, If you want to check it out, not just to donate, but just read about their background and things like that. So um definitely take a look if you're interested in something like that and if you want to um read a little bit more about their efforts um i think that it's really incredible to have initiatives like that and especially something that again doesn't only think about the environment because in some cases some things that we do unfortunately can have negative economic socioeconomic impact especially when we talk about developing areas and smaller villages so the fact that they're actually thinking about this aspect and trying to incorporate it into their initiative i think it's extremely important and only shows that something like that can really be long-lasting and not just a one-off volunteer um, opportunity that nobody's going to care about in a year or two. So definitely shows that something like that can have a very long-lasting impact, not only on the environment, but the community that lives there. So definitely very exciting to read that. Well, today there are estimated to be merely 170,000 to 300,000 chimpanzees left in Africa and their population is decreasing rapidly. 
One recent census in the Ivory Coast revealed that the shrimp population there had decreased by 90% in just the past 20 years. And the primary threats to chimpanzees are habitat destruction, hunting, and disease. So those are the main, uh, main three ones. Chimpanzees, our close relatives, play a vital role in maintaining the diversity of Central Africa's forest. The large seeds that eat um, they, that they eat and disperse are too big for most other animals. Without them and their fellow great apes and elephants, these forests would be irreversibly changed. And yet today, all four chimpanzee uh, subspecies are endangered. Chimps also have a slow reproductive rate. So if an adult is killed, it takes 14 to 15 years to replace him or her as a breeding individual. And this is why hunting is also so dangerous because we kill uh, you know, an animal that really takes such a long time to um, reproduce. And of course, like killing an animal from hunting, in my opinion, is unnecessary regardless of what kind of animal it is. But I feel like in Africa, more than any other place, we see all of these exotic animals and endangered animals being killed. And I really think that um, this has to be tackled on a very, very serious level because we're talking about endangering entire species population and also other animals and and you know ecosystems as well because whenever we endanger one species it's not just that this one particular type of animal is going to die out and that's it but that that would have consequences on the rest of the ecosystem um so chimpanzees are vulnerable to more than 140 human diseases as the number of people grows in in and around their habitat, shrimps are more likely to fall victim to illnesses. So I think that this is definitely good news to hear that there are great efforts coming in preserving their natural habitat and helping fight their extinction. So I really wanted to, um, you know, bring this specific article to your attention as well. But, you know, uh, for the purposes of this episode, I really wanted to highlight my top three favorite good news articles I found from last month because I feel like more than that can get a little bit um, boring and people can get like sidetracked. So those were my highlights. <laughs> you know, I think that definitely seeing the progress with the bees, with plastic pollution and ocean and also great efforts in restoring natural habitat for animals is definitely something that can give us all some hope. But um, I do have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't make my list of articles for the episode. I just wanted to uh, still bring them up, um, not really discuss them in any details or anything like that, but just briefly mention that those things are also happening. I feel like Maybe some of those articles may be more of interest to you than they were to me when I first saw them. So I'm just briefly going to go over some of those headlines for you. The first one being, solar is now the cheapest electricity in history 
and just met 100% of the men in South Australia for the first time. I think that this one is really interesting and definitely um, can set the example for the rest of the world. The second headline, greening our shipping. Wind-powered cargo ships can change future of freight-cutting emissions by 90%. And again, this is another article that definitely talks about innovative ways to handle energy in a more um, renewable and environmentally friendly way so cargo ships that are wind powered um, could definitely help us reduce emissions the next one is canada is banning single-use plastic bags straws and cutlery next year (laughs) congratulations canada good job i really really hope to see more news around the world like that Um, The next one I feel like is something that you can definitely take advantage of. IKEA to buy back used furniture worldwide in recycling push for Black Friday. So if you're planning to get your new couch or any other type of furniture um, for Black Friday, make sure to check out IKEA's new used furniture recycling program Um, and you know instead of just throwing your old furniture out you could potentially just recycle it and the last one i highly suggest that you definitely go and check this one out i feel like all of us need it (laughs) feeling stressed use this gorgeous polar bear live stream to find your zen (laughs) so i feel like tensions have been very high recently uh if you need time to just tune out definitely go and check out that live stream by these gorgeous polar bears is definitely extremely relaxing to just watch them (laughs) well I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope these good news gave you some hope that changes are happening and that all of our efforts are making a difference. I really hope that it puts things into perspective for you so that you don't feel like you're making those changes unnecessarily, but they're actually paying off, you know, like keep on doing the great job you're doing uh, because every little change is helping. So definitely stay tuned for next week's episode. I'll be sharing with you the ins and outs about plastic. Uh, Should you be avoiding it at 100%? Should you still use it? Is plastic the real enemy? (laughs) What is the conspiracy? Well, you'll have to stay tuned until next week to find that out. (laughs) See y'all then. Bye.